The following contest is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. Making their way down the aisle, Carlos, Mark, Nick, and Remy, the Entrance Ramp Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entrance Ramp Podcast. I am your host, Nick Vega, alongside my co-host, Carlos Rodriguez. Hey. Mark Lindsay. I collect spores, molds, and fungus. And Remy. Me too. This is a rapid-fire rundown of this week's events in wrestling today. Uh, we are jumping right into Monday Night Raw. I would like to bring up the point of Drew McIntyre dropping Brock Lesnar three times in a row. Two kip-ups. Gentlemen, how do we feel about that? Carlos? So, I liked it. I thought it was really good. We had... I like that. I I always said this before. I also said it off air before we started recording. I love that he just hits that move out of nowhere. It, it, it because he's so powerful. It's so, such an impactful move, but also hitting out of nowhere reminds me similar to like Shawn Michaels hitting the sweet chin music out of nowhere. Yeah, any I love moves that can come from anywhere and anything. Uh, I like I mean, the build up. Don't get me wrong, like the whole three, two, one, and then doing it, or oh, just yeah, coming yeah. like getting that full steam. But when he just like I feel like he's standing and then he just hits it. Yeah, his personality is oozing out of him, even into his moves. Uh, like to me, I don't, yeah. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but to me, it's just confidence and preparation. Like he he has prepared for this moment for a very long time, and you can see he's taking full advantage of it. Mark, how do you feel about him dropping Brock Lesnar and making Lesnar look vulnerable for the first time in a long time? Well, I, you know, I really like the idea. It's getting him over. He's already over. Um, I discussed also off air. I'll say it here. Um, now it's time to see what Brock is going to do to respond. You know, um, you have still Elimination Chamber this Sunday. You have a few weeks until WrestleMania. And your, your challenger took out the champion. And now we have to see how the champion responds. And, you know, I like a good back and forth. You know, I want to see Lesnar take out McIntyre this week on Raw. And just have it go back and forth. And then... Not only will you be building the match, but you'll also question, well, who are they going to put over? You know, um, there's an old adage that back in the 80s and 90s that when the week before a big show, uh, whoever went over their opponent was probably going to take the loss on the pay-per-view. Um, so now that you have McIntyre taking out uh, Lesnar, I want to see how it uh, tra- uh, transpires on Monday. So, Remy, I'll pose this question to you. Um, Shayna Baszler seems like the favorite coming into Elimination Chamber. What do you think will happen for her to win? Do you, do you think I, – I have this little theory, and, and, and you can – I'll take you on this little journey real quick. Tell me that Becky Lynch isn't obsessed with Shayna Baszler, and tell me that Becky Lynch wouldn't help Shayna Baszler win that match just so she could fight her. I mean, I think this is a really interesting theory because I agree with you – on the former, I mean, she's already there at ringside, you know, in costume, commenting, you know, as you've got, like, Shayna Baszler on the show. I, like, so as far as Elimination Chamber goes, that's a really tricky one. That's a toss-up because, like, does Shayna Baszler really need Becky Lynch's help to, like, punch her ticket? Well, if, if she's getting ganged up on, you know, three on one. She's the most dangerous woman, and she's probably the focal point, and she's got the most enemies out of anybody in there, and... I could see it being a situation where it's like a two-on-one, three-on-one, and Becky Lynch is like, you know what? I'm coming to clean house. I want you. I don't care about the rest of them. I want you. That's a possibility. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, you know, because we all kind of want the four horsewomen against each other, 
And uh, I'm, I'm always kind of concerned how they interact with those two. So I I I, I agree. I, I I think they'll um. I think I think she'll help her. I I, I honestly do. Yep. So we'll we'll jump right into um Randy Orton. Randy Orton is doing the best work of his career right now. He really is. And he RKO'd Beth Phoenix out of nowhere. Do we? Think, no, actually not. Do we nowhere. think that? Do we think that Edge will show up next week? Uh, yeah, he yeah. Has. No, it's confirmed. Oh, it's yeah, confirmed? it was confirmed oh, last oh, night. Check that. I think Oof. on WWE Twitter. So so yeah. I, I are we seeing fireworks or is Randy hiding, Carlos? <laughs> Oh, I think we're seeing fireworks. Oh. I think he's going to get his hands on him some way, shape, or form. Or that, or Randy's not going to come out. Some freaking jobber is going to come out. Like some low <laughs> car member, like some back. It's going to be Riddick Moss. So we, so we feel better about him beating Ricochet. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in oh, a minute. Yeah. But it's like he's going to come out. He's going to eat a spear. Someone's going to eat a spear and like, it was education. We'll do, he'll bring that back. <laughs> I'll, I'll answer the question. I don't think there should be any contact no. between RKO and Edge. Um, I I see something like Edge coming to the ring, giving a heated promo, and then having Randy Orton at home, you know, live via satellite, okay, and then continuing the storyline that way. But there should be no physical contact between these two until WrestleMania. You need to build that up. What what would you what would you guys say about like what what could diminish this this program leading up to WrestleMania? If they just stick their foot in their mouths and and continuously uh, get into altercations, like Mark said, I, I agree. Don't, I would touch you know base on the last week, like emphasize that brawl, have the whole locker room separate them because they want to hurt each other so bad. Remy, go ahead. I mean, well, I I I'm, I'm interested in addressing what Carlos was saying because I. You know, between this and Drew McIntyre, like, Raw has so many lightning in a bottle, like, just, you know, feuds, storylines going into WrestleMania right now that they would have to go out of their way mm -hmm. to screw them up, which I <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's, uh, you know, outside the realm of possibility. But, uh, you know, it's either the, the way that I look at these two is I see Randy and Edge. I can't imagine these guys being in the same building. And Edge not wanting to take like a massive piece out of him, so you know. See, I I kind of I, I give a prediction for this Monday night on Raw. Edge is going to come out. He's going to say something along the lines of, "You know what? I could accept that you tried to take me out because your reasoning made sense. But the second you laid your hands on Beth, it it's on." Well, I brought up my question only because I was thinking like, you remember when was it? Who went to whose home? Was it Triple H went to Randy Orton's home? Yeah, yeah. I was. I was thinking, what if Randy shows up at Edge's home? Like, how terrible would that be? I mean, like I said, Uncle Randy. Like, you yeah. know. Dude, I, it's only been done once, I think. No, it, uh, and Austin, uh, Austin and Pillman. That's what I was going to say, once yeah. really yeah. well, and that was Austin and Pillman. Because that gun thing, I remember watching I was like, yeah. what the hell? As a kid, I was freaking out. I thought he really shot him. I really did. I was like, <laughs> damn, I saw a man die twice I, in my I life mean, now. As crazy as he is, he probably did just at his feet. <laughs> So, so we'll, we'll jump right into the new tag team champions, the Street Profits. They beat uh, Buddy Murphy, uh, known as Murphy now, because yeah. you know we yeah. take names away. Did you wait? Did you see his tights? Who? Murphy. Uh, yeah, I saw yeah, him because yeah, I follow. Yeah, yeah. What's the, the name? I follow the, Sasha the Banks. Is uh, all black tights? Yeah. No, they say Disciple <laughs> on the side. They say Disciple Murphy. 
I was like, oh, that's subtle. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, th- th- that is. I mean, riding Seth's coattails, but <laughs> that's the whole point. You know, <laughs> do, do what you do. Anywho, um, Street Profits new tag team champions. Do we see them feuding with AOP, or do we see them feuding with uh, Buddy Murphy, Murphy and Seth Rollins going into WrestleMania? Uh, Remy, who Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins or AOP? I will also say Kevin Owens was the one that cost them the matchup, so I kind of feel like Seth Rollins is going to face. Uh, Kevin Owens. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't, I don't know if I want to see them go after the straight edge society. <laughs> if I want to see them go after, uh, you know, uh, Rollins and uh, you know Murphy, I think that uh, you know Rollins. I'm, first and foremost, I'm glad he was the one to eat the pin. It's you know that's how you do these things and do them well. Uh, and I think between Rollins and Owens, it's probably personal. Now they have something going in, and uh, you know AOP can. You know, if they choose to go that route, they can still keep Street Profits kind of wrapped up in all of this by proxy. I've I've just been informed by Stat Boy that uh, this Sunday we're going to be having uh, Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins versus the Street Profits. Look at that. We'll we'll talk about predictions later in the show. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks, with that match being announced, I'm assuming it's just that's going to be the blow off. Street Profits will win this one just. My my two cents before we get to it yeah, later. Yeah, I, I, that's but, kind of um, where I'm going to. That, I got that, ahead of myself with the AOP. But yeah, I th- I, well, I think that's we'll set up a storyline for that. All right, and it's so close to WrestleMania, and there's no big storylines. I'm assuming we're going to get like some kind of tag team big match, kind of like similar when the Hardys came back. Oh, God, please be a TLC. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome, actually, yeah, especially with Montez Ford. WrestleMania anymore. It used to be one of the like premier matches because you could just stuff everyone in there. I hate that there's not two Money in the Bank matches at the pay per view. For I, I want to just chime in there and think that yes, this match seems to be a total blow off between Rollins and Murphy taking on the Street Profits, but I think they've been trying to find a way to ship the titles to Authors of Pain, and you know, Street Profits are a decent team. I don't think they're going to be. Some like you know temporary champions, but if they are, it makes sense because you got to get those belts over to Authors of Pain. Yeah, I think they need to build up some kind of legitimacy because they had them before, but it didn't feel right then. Like, they their storyline's been botched like many times before since coming into Raw. I think ever since teaming up with Seth, I think they built a better storyline. They're the still same characters. They're still doing everything the same. It's just it feels better about this current run where they're at. Yeah, the, I, I think the Street Profits uh, will go through WrestleMania and, and still be champions. I, I'm I'm be honest, with, they're very entertaining. I, I, I yeah, like way ahead of myself. I I really see them being uh, like Vince seems to enjoy their their talent, and you know Montez Ford and and, and Dawkins, they just two of a kind. You and know, they're a great underdog team. Like you're really pulling for them because like you kind of think at any given time they can either win or lose, and that's a great that's a great thing for tag team wrestling. Yeah, definitely is. Um. So I, I I think the last subject we're going to talk about, um, is, you know, for a quick second is uh, kind of feeling like the burial of, of Ricochet and, and Aleister Black. And I mean, more so Ricochet than Aleister Black because Aleister Black lost to AJ Styles this week. But in the manner that he lost, he's an afterthought to The Undertaker, you know, and understandably so. But that wasn't the thought even last Monday when this match was originally announced that that was the feeling we were going to get. We felt like this was going to go into WrestleMania season, having um, you know a rival between AJ Styles and um, Aleister Black. So how do we feel, gentlemen? Are, are they are they buried? Especially Ricochet. Is he done? You know, we keep hearing that Paul Heyman really likes Ricochet, uh, and that Paul, you know, 
uh, Carlos sent us that um, rumored, you know, I hate rumors. I hate internet rumors about the way that things were supposed to go at uh, Super Showdown. With that said, we all know Ricochet is so good and he should not be uh, treated like this. I don't think Vince McMahon knows that. So at this point, I just want him to go back to NXT, be used properly, maybe go back to NXT as a heel um, because he's pissed off at how he's being used. Um, but that, that, that's, my, that's my take on it. This is really sad to watch. But I had no problem getting Riddick Moss over either because, you know, you got to build up your young talent. Uh, I just wish that maybe if the burial by Brock Lesnar didn't happen, I would have been much better with this result this past week. You know, I'm always interested in these things because um, I'm also looking at the, the way they sort of did, uh, you know, Alistair Black dirty and all of this. And uh, unrelated, but, you know, related in principle. Um I'm okay with having these kinds of massive burials if you take it and you twist it into a storyline. Like next week, you know, Riddick is unbelievably embarrassed. He's infuriated by this loss and he goes after Riddick Moss. And now you've got, you know, you've got something more coming out of this. Or, you know, it's like you you have Alistair Black, you know, being ganged up on, you know, by, uh, (laughs) yeah, by the, by the OC and, uh, you know, don't don't do this <laughs> like uh and you know the so the the next week you know it comes around and like now now alistair black you know he's got a blood feud with these guys but you don't get this kind of consistency so you just have people that lose their credibility in the process w- would you guys be opposed like at least alistair lost to them like it was it was he went through a gauntlet basically with the oc and then aj he lost to aj who's a top star yeah alistair right. looks Better in his defeat than Ricochet ever did. No, no, I, I, I definitely, I definitely said, I definitely stated that it was more of a burial for Ricochet than it was yeah. for Alistair Black. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, but. but I just didn't like the fact that he's such an afterthought now to the Undertaker AJ Styles feud, where as a week ago he was viewed as maybe the opponent for AJ Styles, and that just elevated his, you know, stock. Would Would you be opposed to having like Alistair like get like quote unquote like the torch passed to him? By, like at, like the torch of darkness or something like something like that like Undertaker's like hey you're the hey, new dark guy that now would be, that would be good storytelling <laughs> yeah <laughs> that right would plant a seed now and you have Undertaker maybe next time you have OC three on one mm-hmm. uh, and Undertaker saves uh, the, right yeah. right before yeah that's what I was thinking and then it's almost like at the end like it's a passing of the torch you're like hey you're the new dark guy now here here you go that, hey that would be great. Yeah, I guess any rub from The Undertaker would be good for Aleister Black. So now we're going to hop over to NXT. Uh, we're going to review what's been going on down there in Full Sail University. Well, you know, NXT um, is losing the ratings battle to AEW, and and um, we were given two steel cage matches this past week, uh, both of which had fantastic endings, and that's coming from somebody who's seen a lot of cage matches in his lifetime. Uh, we're going to start with Velveteen Dream uh, taking on was uh, Roderick Strong. And the finish of that match was a huge angle. Uh, They're clearly setting up Velveteen Dream for Adam Cole at uh, TakeOver in Tampa. And the end of the match saw Velveteen Dream allow um, Roderick Strong to escape the cage where he locked himself in with an interfering Adam Cole. And he went to town on Adam Cole. I just thought it was great. So, uh, Carlos, what do you think about finally ele- elevating Velveteen Dream to that NXT World Title status? I I like it. 
I've I've said for a while I wanted him in this status. I kind of want him in NXT just for a little bit longer, just to get a little more seasoning in <laughs> to say uh, before he gets to the main roster. Again, John Cena has picked him basically in multiple interviews as the guy to watch out for. Twenty four, right? He's twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Leave him down there for two more years. Twenty six comes up to SmackDown because Fox Fox would love someone like him, a character. Oh, he's, he's great on the mic. He's a great character. He has a great move set. Yeah, yeah, great finishing he's move. Healthy, and he's totally homegrown. Yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Not you know like he's the perfect WWE superstar. Yeah, yeah. he really is, yeah. and and that's why I'm saying for for Cena about a year or two ago to be like this is the guy everyone needs to watch out. I wouldn't be surprised if like three years down the line Cena fought him at Mania. Yeah, or four years, you know, give or him, something. Yeah, give, give, give in one rub. way, shape, or form, just give him the rub. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not. I think this is great, and I also think I like the uh, the switch. You assuming that Dream like wants Roderick? It's like no, no, no. This was the bait you in. I want that belt. <laughs> I want this championship. Do you, do, do you really? I don't believe that. I mean, I I, I think he he just saw the opportunity and was like, you know what? I'm done with this feud. You know, I've already beaten uh, Roderick Strong. You know, I don't. Well, it's a good thing about his character that he plays mind games. Yeah, and he's really good at it. That I I see him going like. I didn't want this. I didn't want you, really. I wanted him. I knew I, I could bait I, you in. I could see that. I could see that. But I, I just think he, he saw the opportunity too. Because you know, how was he going to know that Adam Cole was going to be in the cage like that? That a little far fetched. But <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But hey, you you, you smell smoke. Yeah, you know, yeah. So undisputed air is going to come in at one point. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like rabbit dogs, definitely. Well, hey, listen. Um, I, I just think that, I'm sorry, you caught me off guard there. I was looking up my next topic, and I have a, a little time here. Um, so I apologize. I was a little off guard there. <laughs> I think Nick saw that and has busted my balls. He's like, I'm going to get this guy, and I we're going to record it. I got and now it. <laughs> you might as well scat your way through the rest of this. Skip it about. Skip it about. Oh, there goes the bell. There we go. We got it. Saved by the bell. Just like and, uh, Ashley one Simpson. One of my favorite TV shows growing up was Saved by the Bell. Um, as I was looking for uh, <laughs> my next topic, go ahead, Nick, um, was the second steel cage match of that show uh, between Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Another fantastic finish to the steel cage match, one that I've never seen before, where Tegan Knox had the match clearly won. Uh, Dakota, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Dakota Kai in trouble on the mat. Uh, trying to crawl out through the open cage door. And what's her, Rodriguez? Is it, uh, what was it? Raquel? I think Raquel. 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 I think she's been rebranded as Raquel. Oh, uh, Raquel. Yeah. Okay. Um, Raquel. <laughs> no, no, I think it's Raquel. Yeah, well, you know, just Murphy. So, you know, here so. we go. Right, yeah. So Raquel holds the, holds the cage door with Tegan Knox trapped between the door and the cage, allowing Dakota Kai to stumble out the cage door opening. Fantastic finish. Fantastic match. Guys, does this lead to a number one contendership after this whole Charlotte Flair and, and Rhea Ripley match? Does this lead to a top contendership match between these two? Nick? No. Uh, oh, not between those two. Damn. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think Dakota Kai um, is going to face probably someone like Bianca Belair because she's still very heavily in the title picture. and you know, Or, or maybe a three-way. I could definitely see a three-way, you know. <laughs> I can definitely see a three-way uh, match. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can. Well, we have. Don't forget, we have. Uh, there's a big old number one contendership coming up at uh, NXT Tampa for all the women's. There's like a tournament going on right now to g- gain your entrance. Chelsea Green won her match against Shotzi Blackheart this past Wednesday. 
with the I'm prettier, not the unprettier, which I love the name, the name change for that move. Uh, but I, I think we'll get something similar. I think we'll get another blowover match. Like Tegan will win her match against whoever to get into that contendership. Dakota will win her match, and then they'll have another thing. Like like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They should just do a fatal four way. Like what what happened to Io Shirai? Whatever happened to her? She'll she be in that one, number one contendership. That, as well. I, She's I, been pissed off lately. I, 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 yeah, I would love to see her a fatal four way between Io Shirai, Dakota Kai. Um, let me get that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tegan Knox and um, who am I missing here? Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. Yeah, yeah. she was the fourth one. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't. I forget how many women are going to be in this match, but yeah, that that's the everything's leading to Tampa, where there's like whoever wins this big match is the number one contender. Contendership for whoever wins Rhea Ripley and Charlotte at WrestleMania. Well, the women's division definitely is strong in NXT, as is the tag team division and, of course, the world title division. So NXT is doing a lot of things right, and that kind of brings me to my final point, and it's basically a generic one, where, you know, NXT is on Wednesday nights against one of our favorite promotions, AEW. Um, they're doing decent numbers. They're, they're getting an ad revenue share, but they're constantly losing the battle to AEW. And my generic question to you guys is, would they be better going to a different night? Would they be better maybe taking NXT out of Full Sail University, taking it on tour to get a larger viewing audience in, you know, because we, we were programmed to watch NXT on the network and then it went to USA. And now we went from a show with minimal commercials to commercials quite frequently. Uh, what are your thoughts, Nick? I, I think they should go on the road. I mean, they've been on the road before. Um, I remember they they came to Philadelphia when Kevin Owens was still the champ. So, you know, Sasha Banks and Bailey and all of them were still around. And um, they they blew the house, you know, the roof off the house. Like, it, it was awesome. And I wouldn't be surprised if they can they start doing that more often, especially because USA will probably start backing them more with production. And, you know, I mean, it's not like they need it, but, you know, they'll, 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 they'll get the, the assistance now. Well, one of my, um, I guess, anti-points to that would be the fact that it is low cost. You know, Full sale is relatively cheap, um, and this is a maybe a possibly profit for USA because they're not spending money on on that stuff. The only uh, thing I, I want to interject real quick is um, WWE actually has a program with Full sale. So all of the like, technicians, things like that, are actually students at Full sale University. That's the only thing I could see being an issue is, like, do they have some like, is there a set in stone contract like hey till 2025 we have this deal where like our students work for you and learn and they get internships but well they, some, like, they, they just renewed that deal with this, full sale university year. yeah yeah but but i don't yeah. know for how long um it, i think it's a, a year by year thing i don't i don't think okay. it's a, a it's a great opportunity in that sense i think i think we're getting bogged down by the the fan aspect of it so you guys have uh, probably said more um, on the on sort of Mark's second point than I, I, I think I would have had the capacity to, but I want to backpedal to the first point, which is would it be good to move NXT to a different night? And I would say yes, but no. Uh, because absolutely, you know, it would be better for the viewership of the product. It would be better for keeping eyes on it. It'd, it'd be better for keeping up with it. But that is the same in Vince McMahon's mind as conceding a loss. Yes, he he he's not gonna move it. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't 
catch that first question. I'm sorry, Mark. But, but he backs a bitch. Yeah. Well, do do you think WWE is worried about the viewership too? Because they they're getting like normally what two hundred thousand under. I don't think so. I think AEW winning is important, but not necessarily that NXT is losing. I don't think NXT losing is is worrisome for WWE. I think it's good that AEW is getting those numbers close to a million every Wednesday because they're starting off. And they need those numbers. NXT well, doesn't necessarily need those numbers. They're backed by so many different things. Quick, quick vote. Quick, quick vote. How many? Do you think Vince McMahon still views NXT as developmental? Yes or no? No. Yes. Yes. Yes, I do too. That's why he doesn't care. Because I don't it, think Triple H sees it that no, way. No, I think he's but, done a really good but, job of, of selling it to Vince as a third brand. Right, and I mean, they and probably, we see it as a third brand. Right, they're probably getting enough money for him to be like, whatever. But at the same point in time, I, I think he views it as a developmental brand um, just because AEW is only doing a little bit better than that, those numbers. It's not like they're blowing them out of the water. I will concede that Vince McMahon sees it as the clear number three brand. But I will not concede that he thinks it's a developmental brand. But that's my opinion. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, Triple H could have convinced him. I mean, it, this is Triple H's baby, and I, I, we always say it's really cool to see him giving back to the business finally. I disagree. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all good. That's what we're here for is to disagree and agree. Um, so we will go ahead and jump around to AEW, who had a spectacular pay-per-view on Saturday. We will recap all that and this week's episode. I'll send it over to my man, Remy. All right. Well, because uh, the, the approach that I was going into here is like, I think that, uh, you know, and anybody can co- like kind of look over the card online and like see what the results yeah, were yeah. and like what the recap is. So I'm kind of a... Uh, interested in all of this you know um which you know as you said it was it was a great pay-per-view i don't think it delivered in the matches in which it was supposed to deliver but it was all like it was all the little sleeper matches that really 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 pulled the card together um i would say uh you know going in like uh you know you're the man with the mic right now uh you know what was your match of the night and we'll just kind of take it around well the match of the night for me is probably the match of the night for everyone here is the tag team match that that tag team match was a one day one like that that tippy top of tag team wrestling you know and and it wasn't to the point where you know I'm so upset about the uh, AEW uh, referees who either get in the way or don't get in the way and yeah I just I, I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Well, you know, um, Carlos, Nick, and I watched it together, and um, I can't tell you how many oohs and ahs and oh shits we had during that match. It's a five star um, classic. Yeah, it was a great match, and I think what was really clever about it uh, was that you didn't always have the opponents kicking out of the other's finishing maneuver. You had the partner saving them, which is huge because I think in this world of wrestling in 2020, there's too many people kicking out of finishing maneuvers, uh, but yep. you had the partner saving them, which I think is acceptable. That that's okay. You know, you, you're relying on your partner to get you out versus kicking out at the last second every single time. Yeah, I was looking. It's it's funny to like take this as an aside, but it's like I'm looking at you know just t- TV matches from you know the '90s. Uh, you know, in promotions, you had like WWE, well WWF back then, WCW, and it's like, you know, if you if you ate the finisher in a match, you know, you were either going to do one of two things: you were going to get pinned clean, or you were going to hopefully maybe weasel your leg over to the rope roll in any other number of things but finishers were finishers finishers should be finishers like you shouldn't it's very it should be a very special case to like not get pinned or lose by a finisher 
Yeah, I, I, I think uh, just to jump on Mark's point, yeah, we were oohing and all in, and it was that was a brutal match as well. There was so much physicality going on, not just high spots, not just like crazy, you know, flippy stuff. It was brutal to watch at times. Like Matt Jackson went crazy at one point. There was great storytelling with Matt Jackson, like. Nick actually stopping him, and you see Matt shaking his, like his hand shaking. He's like, "What am I doing? Like, going too far against Kenny, not against Paige, where like there's like some uh, you know some pissed off animosity." Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I cannot figure that word out. <laughs> I need more coffee. <laughs> no, but yeah, there there was all these there was all these like moments in the match that were sheer brilliance in storytelling. I thought it was amazing to do. I I what's it? Meltzer gave it six stars. <laughs> So everyone has five star matches now, technically now in the elite, including Paige. Not that it matters. Six stars? I think, I think so. Meltzer's on the payroll. Yeah, he one hundred percent is. Yeah, he's the anti cornet. I mean, yeah, this, uh, this, you know, we we don't have to say too much about the relation of the young bucks with you know Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, per usual, and I'm not. I don't think this is a bad thing actually. Uh, you know, we roll around to Dynamite, and uh, a lot of the big storylines in a uh, you know AEW revolve around Cody in some fashion or another. You know, whether it's uh, Cody directly or whether it's something splitting off from what he's doing. And what we started hearing like three times in one night, so it's not it's not coincidental. Is we're looking at in like in AEW's kayfabe, like you kind of have, you know, they're talking about paydays like you know like when you win a match you get paid more than a loser yeah and i mean obviously like we all know it's scripted but we also know that that's still for some reason a real thing in the business yeah like i I wouldn't be surprised if you won you got paid a little bit more maybe not like a significant amount but Maybe not WWE because they're all under contract and it is it's set in stone. But maybe AEW because you know they had an article earlier um, on Bleacher Report about um, like them not be drug testing properly. Essentially, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they don't have the same uh, standards as WWE. So you know, pro pro wrestling might be treated a little differently under AEW. Well, you know, uh, to loop back around to that, I don't mind if somebody fails a piss test for weed. You know. <laughs> right, yeah. Sorry, Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah, you're in the wrong promotion. <laughs> well, we've been saying that for a while. <laughs> that Samoa Joe's in the wrong promotion. Was this contract though? I need to pull that up. <laughs> right. Stop, boy. Get on it. Go, get on it. No, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we, we had multiple things. Yeah, Cody, his segment was, well, let's say his main segment with Jake the Snake was really good. Yeah, I want to get around to that. Jake, so, yeah, yeah. So that's this thing. Cody's tattoo, I mean, Cody. Um, <laughs> Cody see, finds himself in these storylines that are so good, but then once they end, they end. Um, go back to uh, Sean Spears, chairman of the board. He gets blasted in the head with a chair, has a great match with him last year, and then moves on to another feud. Has this great buildup, takes the 10 lashes, faces Wardlow in a cage. Has a, what I would call a subpart. Um, he didn't meet my expectations for the match, but... um. Still a good match, nonetheless, because the story was good. We were invested in the match. So even if, if it wasn't as good as we thought it would be, it was still acceptable. That Okay. And having MJF win, you just immediately thought you're going to continue the storyline. And then we find out on Wednesday that it's not continuing. And I'm okay with Cody having these great segments, but let's have a little bit more. Like, like, like wouldn't it have been great to see at least a tag team match where these Two got your hands on each other again. I, I, my thought process was it is that like 
every storyline that ends, like 10% of it carries over. Like, I, de- I definitely felt like it carried over in the sense of uh, MJF mentioned it with his whole little uh, I pinned Cody t-shirt. Oh, like he's right. he's he going to keep that, that going on. The neck yeah. Tattoo. yeah. <laughs> He'll keep that going on for as, as long as possible. I don't feel like it was the blow-off match. That's why we weren't satisfied because Cody got ahead of himself per usual. Yeah, I, I think their storylines build in a sense like this is their first year in the promotion. We're, like, we're surprised with cer- certain storylines in WWE that mention stuff like, oh, hey, Kane is the Undertaker's brother. Like, oh, cool, we've been keeping that for 20 years? That's nice. <laughs> Same thing with Edge and Christian, you know? Like, some yeah. stuff builds on that on previous stuff that we've seen before. And when WWE does it, it's awesome. I think we're in the first year of AEW, so that's why we're, I think we're getting little bits mm-hmm. of stuff. Like, the Sean Spear stuff does get mentioned every once in a while. For a tag team partner right now. Yes, fans are now applying. Yeah, um, but, we can just apply but, as a group. Yeah, there you go, Mark. Um, yeah, you're yeah, the only one. We I trading. can take a back bump, sure. <laughs> so, um, I guess moving on to the next thing. Uh, are we timing this? Okay. Uh, I am. So Jake Roberts is in AEW, and this guy cut probably the best promo. That he's he's done in decades, maybe since like you know ninety ninety two, maybe ninety three. You know, if we look at you know work that was done kind of between, you know his his WWF exit and his return, um, just beyond a story perspective, which is you know I'm I'm really excited to see who his client is. What do you think it means to have Jake Roberts in this promotion? Like, uh, you know, like kind of what his backstage role might be or, you know, as, as a trainer or like whatever he might add to this product. I mean, well, from a, a realistic perspective or a real life perspective, he's really close with DDP. Uh, DDP has helped clean him up. Uh, got him into the DDP yoga. Uh, and DDP, of course, is a big part of AEW uh, mm-hmm. with a coach and, and he's good friends with Cody. So. I think it could be good for him because he's going to have people nearby that care and, and will look after him. From a in-ring or story perspective, you have, again, I'm going to name drop, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Jake the Snake Roberts, three of the all-time greatest talkers in this business, three of the greatest promos in this business. And you're right. I think Jake, was a, he started off a little slow. He was missing a couple of spots, but he picked up right away. Um and, and and we all kind of know who it's going to be, uh, you know, with Luke Harper or um, Brody Lee or whatever you want to call him. With his contract or his 90-day uh, no, non-compete clause ending soon, it's most likely going to be him. Um, so it's a great build because he didn't say he's going to introduce him next week. He just said when he comes. So if they build this out a little bit where Cody can come to the ring on Wednesday and say, where's he at? He's not here. Where's he at the next week? Where's he at? Not here. And then when he – boom. Attack from the crowd, and, and, and you have a great match and a great angle. My, my question is, because uh, you're saying that it's going to be Brody Lee. A lot of people online think it might be Lance Archer. He was supposed to debut this past Wednesday, and it got pulled, not because of any creative stuff, but it, it just got pulled because they wanted – it seems like they wanted to figure out a, a different angle for him to come in. So maybe Jake's doing Lance. Like, like Lance is going to be his client. Uh, I'm trying to think of any, like, his promos in New Japan, but – they're not really known for their promos necessarily. Like, if you have a good promo, that's that's great, but it's more the in-ring action that showcases on New Japan. So I wonder if, if Lance would be a good client as well. I don't think Matt Hardy... We have three people who haven't debuted yet who have been heavily rumored for AEW. So we have Brody Lee, Matt Hardy, and uh, Lance Archer. Lance definitely has signed, and we just haven't seen him debut yet. So 
who I mean, I think it might be Lance. You're thinking it might be Brody. Mark, what do you think? Um, um it'd be hilarious if it was both. Um, I, I th- hey, actually, hey. damn, that works. Yeah, I mean, only expecting one, and then both mm-hmm. of them take him out. That's a badass team too, I'm, man. Yeah, I mean, everyone's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems like AEW's uh, very focused on the tag team division too, so I wouldn't be surprised. But um, I I'd, I'd say Brody Lee. It makes the most sense. He he's not you know a well known talker. And you know Jake will start get going better and better each week. I think he was so excited. Like when he got in the ring, he touched, he coughed in both his hands and touched the ring, um, and touched the ropes, and you know went down the line and was like, you know, just thank God I'm back in the damn ring. And like he mentioned that in his promo, he deserved that that moment. He worked his ass off to get to that moment. Yeah, and I mean that's that's a moment that he hasn't really gotten for a while either, which uh, you know I, I don't really know what to chalk it up to. He didn't get a promo with, with that old old school raw. He no. just he just came in with the yeah. snake. No, but there's history with him and uh, John Moxley now putting that snake over John Moxley. There now sure is. That. Yeah, no, I know they. It's it's amazing some red, of the red things that they, can, later they can build off of. Um, and they're not afraid to mention WWE. No, yeah, which is well, that's that's another thing is you know they they don't pretend that things don't exist or never happened. You know, it's uh, you know the lunatic fringe and his bowl cut. You know, who's yeah, that? That's Jericho. <laughs> so uh, you know, you, you get nice bits of continuity there, and they I think mentioned the, lo- the lunatic fringe too. Yeah, he did. Um, so what I'm looking at is you know we're we're months in you know to AEW several you know. Uh, pay-per-views at this point you know we're we're uh, i guess we could say we're on what the second or third season as you might call it it's, uh, we're technically season season two right now for I guess. aw yeah yeah season two yeah, I, think, I think they're counting the um the beginning of the year as like a new start because that's when the records like they there's a 2020 record and then an overall oh. aw yeah. record so i think that's that that's the cutoff point is like january 1st 2020 that's when the promotion started technically and that's how everything's starting so yeah, um, you know, with with how far that they've come in terms of, uh, you know, there's a lot of ongoing storylines right now, so they've they've gotten that, you know, up to scratch. I think, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I, I think the tag matches have gotten better, the production has gotten better. Like, they're they've come a really long way in this time period. I mean, I guess, uh, what would you still improve at this point? Like, what's your one real nagging issue? And uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Mark. My only issue with AEW is is this is sad to say is JR. Um, I am a big fan of Jim Ross. Uh, he has a great mind. He's a, he's he's my Gordon Soley, my announcer when I was growing up. He was the best. Um, he doesn't seem to have the same energy that he had in the past. And God bless him. He's gone through so much with his wife passing away. Um, he has the several bouts with Bell's palsy. He has, you can tell he wants to be there. He's having fun. And I love that. At the same token, it's almost because, look, look at me with you guys. You guys are gamers. You guys uh, are anime. You guys have a whole different <laughs> um, uh, perspective on things than I do. And I'm the JR of the group because I kind of just laugh it off. And. <laughs> See, so Jr. doing that stuff, like I don't get this. I don't know why he's doing this. I don't understand the EC two or whatever the hell it was. You know, that's not helping build an audience. Meanwhile, Excalibur has really impressed me on the mic, and Shivani fits right in. Shivani's being what I thought Jr. was going to be, and he's kind of bringing in the old school, but he's adapted very well. 
to the newer talent. And I think I, I want JR to elevate his game, and that's my one nagging issue. Having a three-man booth mm-hmm. with those three guys is fantastic when it works. But when it doesn't, it can get quite uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I to just jump on that, I like – I like the three-man group in my brain. It would have been um, only for dark matches. I would have put Golden Boy. Uh, I know, like, I've, I've talked about him before. Shout out. What's up, man? Uh, watch watch the show. I send it to you. <laughs> going to shoot my shot again on that one. <laughs> and it's an air ball. <laughs> no, but I think I think he's really good in the esports area. I think it would be cool. He, he's done it a couple times, and I was really impressed with him on the mic i think it'd be cool if he did like dark if they would fly him out for darks if they do buy-ins more with him to build him up and eventually that'd be a cool transition for him in AEW. but my three man i would put is jr no i'm sorry not jr uh shivani excalibur and taz full-time all three of them uh i know taz used to get made fun of when he went to impact i know like some of his calling was like a little weird i like them on smackdown i like them on ecw when he was like a little more calmer a little tame not going crazy but that was like Vince in his ear being like, hey, man, say this. I, I think it, this past weekend it was nice to hear him. And we're like, oh, this is cool. This is, this is good. You're, like, you're good on, on the mic. And when you're subtle, like a subtle Taz is cool. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Shivani, um, Taz, and uh, Excalibur seems like the perfect th- three-man team. Um, but your original question was, what is the big problem I have with AEW? Or, or is it? Yeah. 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 The, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, Refs for you? It's, it's the refs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. They, they're they awful. They're All so Saturday you were complaining about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my one PG-13 moment here. They're fucking awful. Because, like, they just... I, why should I stare at you and you're interfering in my match? And I don't toss you out. I just acknowledge you've done something and then I turn my back on you. That makes no sense. Well, they like, keep talking to referee referee's discretion, right? What discretion? If I stab someone and the cop is standing there, he's like, "Oh, it wasn't that bad of a stab," you know, I'ma just you cool, bro. What? Yeah, I gotta I, I gotta jump in on that too because it's like you know you're watching like professional sport and obviously we know that's not what this is. But, but you call like, it pro, you call it pro wrestling. You yeah, pro, you know, like I mean, you know, you you look at like is you know when you're like watching a football game, you know, I, I know you guys can all relate to that. This isn't my sport though. Um, <laughs> But still, you know that the referee there, it's not their job to have discretion. It's their job to enforce the rules. Like, they're not supposed to say, like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's the call that I want to make. You talk, know, Talk to the New Orleans like, Saints <laughs> don't, about discretion. No, but seriously, like, you know, it's, it's not the ref's job to say, like, oh, well, you know what? I, I have a lot invested in this, so I'm going to go ahead and say that that wasn't outside the line. You know, I, I don't want it to be outside the line, so it's not outside the line. It's like, it doesn't matter what you think or what you want the call to be. It matters that you saw it and you called it for what it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, my foot's under the rope, but, oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue this three count. Yeah. I, I think the only the only time recently with, like, to your point with the referees, like, and the anger. It's gotten they, better. Yeah, but like, Aubrey during the main event at Revolution was good, and, and JR did a good point in being like, hey, yeah, normally there's a 10 count. Like, she should be counting them out or she should be stopping. But this is a title match, and we need this to be a win. Like, there can't be, like, no doubt about a win. Right. I, I could understand in the, that in, was in, in the confine of that match. But yeah, that makes sense. A normal overall, match? No, overall, no. It should, it'd, be yeah. like a, it'd be like a Something tag team match, done, and I'll see it. And, it should and, like, be over. It, I, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. If we're not going to follow any rules, then, then there's no point. Every match should yeah. be a tornado match, and then I'm cool with yeah. it. Then I'll be like, whatever. No, Aubrey did have the that, that – the, 
moment of the night, I'm assuming, for Revolution when she kicked out Santana Ortiz. Finally. Man, she, she rolled it up. She, like, hyped that up. Yeah, it took her forever. Yeah, it did. I'm I'm not normally uh, a big fan of Ortiz's overselling, but when she kicked them out and he literally falls over, <laughs> like he, like he's been hit by a freaking tornado, it was incredible. Like, um, so I guess final word on this, you know, my two, you know, we can just stop it right here. Women's division, like plain and simple. It's getting better. It's getting better. I, yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't really have anything much to say i mean i guess big swole's the next challenger for it was swole. it was four minutes on this on, on like you know this episode it, it was a bad match yeah it was a squash I, I, and I, it was I, short I and then there's and nothing else poor leva bates just squashed like a fly with a book i mean it's it's good to have it's good to have jobbers don't get me wrong like i i like that they have jobbers in this promotion and that the jobbers are still characters right 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 because uh Whatchamacallit, uh, speaking of librarians, the Death Triangle called them out. <laughs> yeah. They were like, we don't care if you're the librarians, we're coming after you. <laughs> and the poor bastard's going to stop having to read books in the back. <laughs> yeah, right. Avalon is going to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy yeah. gets his hands on him. <laughs> poor Peter Avalon. He looked like John Moxley at the end of uh, Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, with the shield triple powerbomb that we're watching right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and, just, and just the big fuck yous at the end. Yeah. Or F U's, I'm sorry. I used my one PG thirteen. Don't yeah, we'll don't ban me, Marymount. <laughs> um, you want to transition? Uh, yeah, we're gonna transition right over to Friday Night SmackDown. I'll, 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 I'll drop it on Carlos's lap and have him take over. Alrighty, alright. So uh, <laughs> we opened up SmackDown with probably the worst a moment of bliss that we have seen. It seemed like it was not scripted. We had uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross interview the NWO. And uh, by the NWO, I, I don't mean Hogan. Because, <laughs> no, there was a live crowd. That'd be terrible. Uh, <laughs> no, we had Hall. Nash they, they mentioned looking him. thin. No, yeah, Nash is looking pretty good. I don't know. if I sh- Did I say that photo with you guys with his recent transformation? Like, he's, he has really bad knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, like, lost a lot of weight. So yeah, he, he did, he did look good. He, yeah. he actually was the funniest person in this whole segment. He always is. <laughs> he's actually really charismatic, which is. He said, ha. He got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he got- I was gonna say, just don't hold back, Nick. No, he, he, he's <laughs> like he's, he's super hilarious. And then we had uh, we had Sean Waltman. What we had, uh, what it, it was just. It seemed like the whole segment was just not scripted. It, which was in this case the worst thing that WWE could have done. They should have scripted this one weeks in advance. <laughs> they this was a ratings grab. They should, yeah, I, it definitely was. Especially, it was cool for the Buffalo crowd. I'm sure, like, it was cool seeing, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. core members of the NWO. No, no. Titantron was cool. So this is the first I'm hearing about it because I didn't, I didn't watch it last night. I yeah. didn't read it. So what was the point? What were they discussing? Literally nothing. 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 Literally like, nothing. They came out. They were like Braun I think, Strowman. That that was the whole point. Yeah, Braun Strowman came out. So Braun so, Strowman. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole thing. It seems like Alexa is uh, between different talk show points. They're introducing Hall of Famers or talking to Hall of Famers. So Alexa had the the Bella Twins last week. This week she has the NWL. It seems like next week there might be another moment of bliss with some other yeah like JBL, maybe JBL or somebody. Batista or no, something. Not Batista too busy. You got movies to promote. That's true. But Dana Brooke, I don't know. You know? <laughs> maybe. Uh, but, yeah, and then also <laughs> just. Washington, maybe, right? Oh, yeah, close. Yeah, actually, yeah, that actually works. There you go. But, yeah, no, they came out, and 
it was it was just dumb. Alexa was asking Sean Waltman what they're calling. Are they calling six? Are they calling one two three kid? Are they calling Xbox? And Xbox was like, just call me Hall of Famer. It was like, okay, it fell. Yeah, it fell flat. Like he, it really he, did. It was so flat he had to hype himself up. He said woo, and then the crowd was like, oh okay. Yeah, uh, they they <laughs> they did a touch tone where like Alexa asked them like, hey, you guys have faced Goldberg before in WCW. What do you think? That that led me to believe that Goldberg was going to come out and it would be an an important you that's know that's what I was, segment in him with Roman or something and, and then that said that he he called like Roman called him to see how he defeated it, like like how it helped in the past yeah, like with a, with a cattle prodder that's how we did it and yeah, he made that he, joke. They, they said that yeah oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah he's like he's like he's like I don't know how you're going to beat him unless you have a hall and a cattle prod <laughs> I was like. Oh, sh- they just buried yeah. him good. again. That's <laughs> yeah. good. See, I gotta watch the segment now. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but it fell flat. It was yeah, a flat that that part was fine. Then Sammy came out, did his normal Sammy stuff, which was entertaining. Was good. Yeah, yeah, that Sa- was entertaining. Sammy he wanted to and Scott get, Hall were the two best in that whole segment. Yeah, yeah, he wanted to scrap with uh, with Waltman, and then Braun Strowman came out. He said, "On Sunday, you guys are gonna eat get these." <laughs> Kevin Nash looks so uninterested. He was like, "What the hell am I doing?" In the segment, <laughs> bad way to start the night. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, let's move on from that. Go ahead, Remember, You got something for us? I'll just say, uh, you, you never count on Kevin Nash to put something over. Oh, God, no. <laughs> not even, not no, he was, he was, de- he was deadpan. Not even Punisher like, with Thomas Jane. <laughs> <laughs> not even the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Next. All right. He no-sold the Ninja Turtles. He no-sold the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, she did. That's actually... Damn. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he no-sold Leonardo... That's crazy. All right. So, uh, yeah, next up, I mean, we had a rematch. I was going to recap a little bit last night because was, there was nothing of, of note really last night. We had a little rematch of the tag team match between Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Naomi and Lacey Evans, and it was just quicker. It was just a quicker, sloppier version of last week's pretty good match. So that's frustrating. Yeah, that's it. Done on that one. <laughs> uh, and then Bailey, like, there was a backstage statement after the match. Bailey just said, hey, uh, I'm awesome. I'm everyone's role model. And Sasha's like, you know, you're so much. You're my role model. I'm going to dedicate my album to you. So I guess we're getting a Sasha Banks album. Oh, God. We, I, I hope. <laughs> yeah, that, he probably the only saving grace. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so we have, then we have Sheamus versus Apollo Crews. Shorty G try to hype up Apollo Crews. One of them is going to turn heel. I'm hoping a Shorty G. Because he actually was healed before, and it probably makes more sense. Does Shame anyone have table care again? Show hands. No hands are being mm-hmm. raised. No, I think this is. <laughs> I this, this Friday was just like waiting for Sunday to finish so we can start getting on the road. Well, that's the problem with having Raw actually seemed decent. Like, but that. But, th- but that's the problem with having a, a pay per view esque, you know, thing on a Thursday afternoon, and then ten days later you got an actual pay per view on a Sunday, and the whole card is full of. Whatever match, yeah, it's yeah, fil- yeah, yeah. There's there's no world titles being defended. There's nothing at stake. I mean, you know, you got this Shayna Baszler thing going on with Becky Lynch, but just still, though, Raw executed it better. Like Raw's first hour and last hour were better than what everything I watched last night. That middle hour sucked. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> of Raw, <laughs> and that's why it should be two hours, not three. But uh, just to keep going on. Uh, there's just more like fire and desire fought Carmella. They're trying to build that storyline up. Next. Yeah, next. <laughs> uh, the only two things to know, at least for us, would be uh, we had Jake Maverick. Uh, he wanted to wrestle Daniel Bryan, so he went to Gulak and he was like, "Hey, man, I, I actually, I think, I think I could beat him I, I, if you if you help me." He's like, "All due respect, Mister Maverick, you cannot beat him." 
Uh, he like you're you're not the one to beat him. He's like move one oh seven of his four hundred moves or whatever. It's like this bad roundhouse kick. Basically led to Daniel Bryan challenging B. for Sunday. So that's actually that's gonna be prediction my match of the night because I think Gulak and Daniel Bryan Philadelphia is gonna be mm-hmm. just something for us. It's yeah. it's for us. <laughs> Gulak is built from Philly. So yeah, he, you know, wrestled here. So. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, I think that's gonna be my match of the night when we get to the predictions uh, later on. But. Uh, Firefly Funhouse, man. I think that was probably the best segment of the night. It was shorter than I would have hoped it was. The whole the whole SmackDown fell short. It actually got cut short too at the end. Um, but yeah, it's basically building up storylines. Bray's the only one who kind of has like legacy storylines that shows, especially with the Fiend. So all his photos in his Firefly Funhouse have been replaced. They're all Cena now. All different Cena. Cena pinning him, Cena beating him, Cena just posing. So it shows like the obsession that Bray Wyatt and The Fiend have with Cena, and he thanked Cena for creating The Fiend. He's like, without that WrestleMania 30 loss, there would be no Fiend now. And that he's angry, Bray Wyatt's happy and forgives him, but The Fiend does not. And he's going to come after him at WrestleMania for, I guess, get back for that win and kind of get him back on track. It, it seems like Bray Wyatt's telling us what we're all thinking that Bray Wyatt is going to be back on track after he beats Cena, hopefully, at WrestleMania. Uh, and then we just ended it with a tag team gauntlet match. Winner gets, you know. The their last sh- elimination chamber yeah. spot, right? Yeah, and it was Ziggler and Rude. Heavy Machinery actually did most of the work. I was actually surprised that they went over with, uh, they went over against the New Day. They went over against. Everyone. Yeah, everyone, yeah. They went over. That, I, I, I was, that was actually really good for me. I, I enjoyed As a TV match, that was great. You yeah. know, I'm not paying for this. I, I could just watch it on a Friday night, and you get a, a It was story a good line. showcase for them, too. The storyline continues between Otis and Ziggler mm-hmm. and uh, Mandy Rose. Yeah. And, and like now yeah. they're saying like Ziggler a, and, yeah, and Rose a C, are. That's like a C plot that item. actually shows off a little bit, but the in-ring work that they did, Tucker, I, I didn't expect all that from Tucker. I, Tucker is really impressive. Both, both in the of them are great. I know. I've seen like a lot. and I, I hate their finishing move. What is it? The oh, trash the, compactor. The, oh, I like it's it. A, it's a body slam, but they, like, he lays on him. They feel like they're him. from the 90s, but like the good 90s WWE. Yeah. And like the move feels from like the 90s, but like good 90s WWE. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's that? Who was the garbage guy, Mark, in uh, WWE? Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I forgot well, about that. Uh, again, I didn't watch a minute of SmackDown. I, I lied. I watched 30 seconds of SmackDown, and I saw the end of that match um, between when uh, Ziggler and Rude won the match. And, you know, I mentioned it earlier. I see that that was their way of getting um, whatever, Otis's team. What the hell are they called? Again? Heavy Machine. Heavy Machine. Thank you. I'm sorry. That was the way of getting them over for this match. They're not going to win the titles. No, this Sunday, no. But that's the problem with the gauntlet matches. Like you right. know, they're not going to win this. But Sunday. they had a great but showing, cool, yeah. and they had them beat top teams, so you know that they're players, and that's yeah. all you can really expect. And I think we needed to do that to be reestablished for them. So that that was actually I, I, I've come back around. That's well, actually decent. What, would it, would it be crazy if you know they ended up facing uh, Miz and Morrison at WrestleMania because the crowd loves them? And no, I'm, and I, I mean they so, yeah. they could, like they could they could make it to the final end. I hope see the Usos or some, an established tag team. Let's have established tag team or really over-established tag teams. Usos, New Day, you know. I, I'm I'm with my same thought process with Raw. I wouldn't be surprised if both Raw and SmackDown have these like showcase matches where it's like four teams versus four teams. You know, like Raw is like a fatal four-way tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Champions and same thing with SmackDown. Just I don't see any big storylines other than the Usos. 
and New Day as always, but or and then now Miz and Morrison are there, so that's good. But yeah, that that was all overall for SmackDown. That was not right. much a note. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll just head on over to uh, this Sunday we, at Elimination Chamber here in Philly. Um, so we're going to take a look at this card and we are going to start with Daniel Bryant versus Drew Gulak. Gentlemen, can I have your predictions for this match? Uh, I'm actually going to go over with Gulak. I think that that's fantasy booking in my head. I think I, I want it so much that it's going to happen. It's like the secret. I'm going to will it into existence. But I, I, I want to see Gulak beat DB. Remy? You know, one of my favorite things is actually being wrong. I like being wrong because there's often times when I'm wrong, it turns out, you know, things turn out better than I would have hoped. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to make my predictions not based on what I think would actually happen, but why you would book this match in the first place. So I would have to say that, you know, Drew Gulak, you know, walks away with the win because otherwise, you know, why are you doing this? I want to remind you all that this is WWE, and I would bet the house that Daniel Bryan and, and Daniel Bryan wins. But I think, again, if they do it in a, in a way that can get Drew Gulak more over, I'm okay with it. I don't expect Drew Gulak to win this match, but I think it's going to be a lot more competitive with the storyline. Uh, I'm going to say that Drew Gulak's going to win, but not without interference from Drake Maverick. Oh. Okay, yeah. I didn't even he, wants, think of that. he wants to show he can, you know, beat Daniel Bryan in a certain way. Maybe help him, and you know that that'll extend. But yet again, I, I I'm very cautious because Mark is correct. This is WWE, and Daniel Bryan is not some two bit player. Yeah, that. I mean, at least according to he's not Ricochet. Okay, he yeah, was a yeah. he, he, they traded <laughs> him at a point in time. Fair B+. point. Um, so we'll hop over to the WWE United States Championship match. Um, that's a thing. So Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo. Gentlemen, is Humberto going to finally win this match? I feel like the shine is off of Andrade now. I feel like his suspension did him dirty. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think Humberto is going to win. I, I think he's going to win. I think it's a lock. Well, all right, I'm not going to say lock, but for me it is. Yeah, I would have to say uh I am wondering if there's going to be a punishment, you know, coming through, you know, for Andrade here. They didn't have him drop the title right away, but I think tonight's a good bet. I would agree with that. Um, I can see it going either way, maybe having that match at WrestleMania. Um, but I, I, I'll call New U.S. champion on Sunday. Uh, I also <laughs> did not mean to say tonight. Sorry. And uh, I want to backpedal. Uh, Drew Lack was an excellent, you know, <laughs> combination of... <laughs> I would like to hang on to that. I'm just going to tuck it away. You you said Drew Lack. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's his new name. That's that's amazing. That is a good name. Um, yeah, I think this is a stone cold lock. I think Humberto is going to win this match. I think uh, you know, the shine is off Andrade with his suspension, and you know, Vince is known for punishing people when they get suspended. You know, you're costing him time and money. Um. And I could see it being like a fatal four-way at WrestleMania because I think all four of those Spanish wrestlers can go. And, uh, you know, I got Angel Garza picked as uh, as my guy really going along with the strap, you know. So we're going to hop over to um, Aleister Black versus AJ Styles in a no disqualification match. So basically, he's going to get jumped. Um who do you gentlemen think is going to win this match? There's no, I, I I'm going to go right off the bat. There's no way AJ Styles loses this match. Really? Okay. I, I want to hear from Mark. Yeah. Uh, I say Alistair Black gets his revenge, and I think 
this is the time that to touch upon what Carlos said earlier. This is where you pass the torch from the Undertaker. Uh, if it was a standard match, I would say there's no way AJ's losing. You have to have him be quote unquote on fire when he faces Undertaker. But with a no disqualification match, we can get what we should have gotten a Super Showdown, which is the Undertaker gong going off, distracting AJ. Alistair takes advantage, gets the one, two, three, uh, and then a little bit of payback for Monday Night Raw. I agree. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with Mark. I think that's what's going to happen. Lights are going to go off. You're going to hear the gong. Philly's going to freak out because uh, it's Undertaker, and we all love him. And then uh, Alistair's going to hit the black mask out of nowhere. AJ's going to win. And then you're going to hear the gong. Oh, my bad. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I apologize. Alistair's going to win. I think we're also going to see uh, lights go out. Alistair's going to go away. And then Undertaker's going to be there. Choke slam, tombstone. You know, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, uh, I, I got to agree with Alistair Black on this. Um, you know, no disqualification matches really open things up for uh, this type of interference. And I again, I don't know why you would book this match to bury Alistair Black. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's okay for, like, AJ Styles to lose this going into his, you know, WrestleMania match. Uh, because I, I think, you know, it's it's likely Undertaker still wins that. Who knows? But uh, it, it, it builds a little bit more of an aura surrounding it, as opposed to, like, AJ seeming like this unstoppable force going in. Just a quick question to all of us. Is AJ one of the few people that could keep losing and still look good in defeat? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, who who would beat him? All right, Riddick Moss. That would look <laughs> make him look bad. And even that is like, oh, you chipped this 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 silver. That's all. Yeah. That there's you could throw a broom in there and, and they pin AJ and he still would look great. Exactly. All right. So you want to move on? Yeah, we're gonna uh, move on. I seem like the only person for AJ Styles, so I will be texting you guys on Sunday. <laughs> uh, the Street Profits uh, having that uh, you know return match against uh, Seth Rollins and Murphy. <laughs> I want to call him Buddy Murphy so bad. Uh, oh, Murphy. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're we're not gonna let go. We're taking it back. But just to recap real quick, we we're talking about this uh, during the run the brawl segment. Um, I, I I see no reason why the Street Profits would lose here. No, I feel, I feel like this is a lot. No, I was gonna say, yeah, I don't. I, I think they're gonna win. Uh, maybe Kevin Owens comes back out. Uh, we know Samoa Joe's not coming out, at least for another <laughs> like twenty-five days, uh, <laughs> or like the Raiders or somebody. And then uh, again, yeah, they're gonna win, and maybe we'll build up some kind of storyline where again, Fatal Four Way Tag Match for the Raw Tag Team Champions at WrestleMania, kickoff show, I'm assuming, which sucks. <laughs> I think the result of this match is gonna dictate what we see at WrestleMania. Um, because Samoa Joe with his 30-day suspension will still be back in time for WrestleMania. So if they have Rollins and Murphy go over here, then I think we see Owens and Joe challenging at WrestleMania. Uh, if they do have the Street Profits retain, then we have AOP coming their way at WrestleMania. So I think regardless of who wins this match, we're going to kind of see the direction. And I'm okay with it. I've been enjoying this storyline between um, uh, Kevin Owens and, and Seth Rollins and the Disciple Murphy. And and I'm enjoying it, so I, I'm actually okay with regardless whoever wins this match. Okay, I was gonna say, yeah. Would you find it surprising that like it goes either way? That I I don't see them taking the straps after what six days. Uh, I've seen worse. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen uh, t we've seen titles change hands in one night before. Yeah, yeah, true. So, uh, true. but no, I I agree. I mean, I gotta say, I think uh, Street Profits win this one. 
I think it, it'd be uh, it'd be detrimental for them to gain the titles and lose the titles so quickly, both to the uh, you know the the prestige of the titles itself, which you know I guess in this promotion doesn't matter, <laughs> and the performers themselves, which also on the main roster really don't seem to matter. I'm sorry, I, I know you guys want to move on. I have one more point to make. Um, again, kind of looking ahead to WrestleMania, we we've all kind of said that it could be uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. That, you know, no titles on the line or whatever. Just continuing that feud. My only issue with that would be what do you do with Buddy Murphy? You know, do you throw him in the Andre the Giant? Like, like he's going to be cast aside. Yeah. So that's why I kind of see if they have Rollins and Murphy regain, you're still elevating Buddy Murphy. That's fair. That's that's a good point. In, in, in my head, I would have him. It wouldn't happen because it's WrestleMania and they wouldn't do a singles match between these two. But I would have Murphy and Samoa Joe. Because that's a cla- I think they could, if they work together, I think that's a classic. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I I I, I want to mention that at the end of the show as breaking news, but well, yeah, we'll we'll finish that after we do our predictions. So, uh, uh, Nick, do you want to continue? Yeah, uh, we're gonna go over to the elimination chamber match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. You think this is uh, the main event? Um, the male elimination no, chamber? Or female? No, I think the female will. Okay, I think I think that's cool. We're yeah. we're in that era. I think honestly, it's happened this card before, looks like right? this card looks like how it's gonna be. Honestly, this looks like how I would expect the card to to come out. Yeah, I would expect Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak to be on the pre-show, or Ugh, or, or Andrade and Humberto. Uh, probably, yeah, uh, that's a great opener. I think have, I, have Nick said it, and now it's now it's true. It's have gonna something happen. Something unannounced be the opener. You know, yeah. The Rick Moss again. Rick Moss. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, what if Ricochet just b- loses but beats the crap out of him, like Remy said? Maybe. Or, he, or make him the 24-7 champion. Why not? He got nothing else going on for him. You guys, are, you guys are missing the point. Next week is St. Patty's Day. Rick O'Shea will get his revenge. <laughs> he has been teasing. He's been calling himself Rick O'Shea, too. So, 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 so let's go to this Elimination Chamber match. we got Miz and Morrison, the champions, versus the New Day, versus the Usos, versus Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Who have the uh, the and final spot. They're, they have they're the advantage. final pod opening. Uh, I'm going to say the Miz and Morrison because they're the new tag team champions and, you know, their heels. It doesn't seem like they would uh, they would drop it so quickly. I yeah, know, I, like I know I've said that about the last title, but. How, how would you, before we keep going on, how would you have, because that will be heel versus heel. Oh, no, not necessarily. I'm sorry. Yeah. There could be, still be other teams, and then the pot opens, and they yeah, can yeah, come out. I mean, I'm sorry. Be, I, I don't some, know why I think it could be something like heavy machinery. You know, goes all the way to the end, and they're against Miz and Morrison, and Dolph Ziggler causes Otis the match because yeah. he puts up a picture of him making out with Mandy Rose. It'd be stupid, but you know, Vince. it's WWE. <laughs> well, I can tell you who's not going to win this match, and that will be Lucha House Party. Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go with Miz and Morrison uh, retaining. Like Nick said, I think. You have much more better matchups down the road with Miz and Morrison being champion. Yeah, I, I think that I, I'm going to agree. I think it's going to be Miz and Morrison for the win. I, I mean, I, I, I wish Lucha House Party were more of a team just because I'm Puerto Rican and you know, then say Dorado, but that's it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Were mira, you, mira. <laughs> wait, were you yawning? Uh, that's that's how we all feel about. I Lucha didn't House mean Party. to pee in your Cheerios. By the way, I just <laughs> no, it's fine. WWE d- does that every Friday night for me. Oh uh, no, he's been better. No mention of dog food. Corbin and Elias, though. Apparently, man, eh, who knows? That that's Andre the Giant. <laughs> that's what that is. But yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Miz and Morrison for this this. 
I mean, uh, you know, to to get off track for a moment, I I think that uh, in the history of the promotion, like uh, you you have two, you know, you you have two like, you know, performers, you know, that you, you could just bunch into the group of Latin America <laughs> that have ever been taken seriously and treated with respect, and that's Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. And uh, outside of that, no, it's straight up afterthoughts. <laughs> Unless it's ECW, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ziggler and Rude, I mean, that's that's a jobber tag team with all due respect to those guys. Lucha House Party is a jobber tag team with all due respect to their talent. Uh, heavy Machinery, I don't see. Uh, the New Day, I think they're still, you know, on, on kind of a losing streak here. I think they'll be entertaining. So, you know, I think the Usos and the Miz and Morrison have the best chances of winning here. And I've got to say Miz and Morrison retain. Seems like a stone cold lock for Miz and Morrison. Hey uh, ho, hey hey, ho ho, <laughs> <laughs> Miz and Morrison. <laughs> uh, so we'll switch over to the three on one handicap match for the WWE Intercontinental Title: uh, Braun Strowman versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. Um, God, how the Intercontinental Title has fall- fallen from grace. Uh, but Braun Strowman retains. Yeah, Braun Strowman. Yep. Yeah, this is a WWE handicap match. Um, so, you know, the the one guy is going to beat the odds of the three guys. And, you know, I we've all got this locked for Braun Strowman, but I just want to say how, like, monumentally upsetting and sad it is to see this on the card. Now, this is a case where, again, I would love to be proven wrong, but it's kind of like we lose no matter what the result is. It's either, you know, Braun Strowman loses, and this guy, you know, y- y- you take the strap off of him too soon, and his credibility is kind of, you know, dwindling again, or, you know... One, you have like you know Nakamura or Cesaro or Sami Zayn win, which I don't see happening. And you watch these guys get you know further buried and drift further down the card. And these are all monumentally talented people. But you know, most of all, in all of this is Cesaro, and I am livid at just like seeing his position on this card, seeing his position in this promotion. And I'm going to jump in on that because. I, I, I see the match going like first of all Braun wins right he he dominates he pins I, I think he pins Sami Zayn, um but I think you're gonna see and hopefully if, if if I was booking this match, I think you would see um maybe Cesaro or Shinsuke having an a possibility to get a pinfall on Strowman, and maybe having Sami Zayn break it up, um, which I think would be interesting because it's a three on one so whoever pins Strowman would be the Intercontinental Champion. So I, I think you have Cesaro maybe hit a you know his finishing maneuver going for the pin and Sami Zayn's the one that breaks up the pinfall and that way you can start either a Cesaro face turn or maybe start building him up again. Um, I don't see it happening with Shinsuke or Zayn, but I would like to see that happen. I I, I while we're speaking brought up I saw Cesaro's new shirt and there's no no like impacted the match itself, but I just want to bring up because to kind of go off of Remy. It says the wrestling purist, Cesaro. And this shirt is amazing. How many wrestling fans are going to buy it? A lot, right? But that has no impact to his character, what they're doing with him, anything. This is an amazing design. This is everything that's awesome about this. And this shows who Cesaro is as a character performer and how much we love him. But they do nothing with him constantly. Constantly. This tag team wins with Sheamus and the bar. Good. With Tyson Kidd. Good. With Jake Hager. Good. 
like he did he have the intercontinental title before right but we he's, forget he, he's had runs it's just he's he, a Paul Heyman guy yeah, yeah he, exactly he just, he just has no character i mean it's it's an unfortunate thing but when he became a Paul Heyman guy that's when i was the most excited i was like oh finally they care about him uh, i i only way i see this happening for Sami Zayn and and the crew winning this match is if Sheamus comes out and helps them and like I've been saying for a long time, all four of them just running rough shot because it seems like stables are coming back to WWE. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I, I'm not invested at all. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I kind of roll back and it's like, you know, I, I look at people in the past that have had no character, you know, as I guess, you know, as this is and this is largely you know, like I think Vince's, you know, perception of Cesaro. But it's like, you know, you have uh, what Kali has had a world title, right? Like in WWE, uh, you know, and you've had, a, you know, with with no disrespect to him, you know, I wouldn't say that Chris Benoit was the greatest character guy on the face of the planet. He was just an immensely talented in-ring performer that had, you know, a vibe to him. Like you knew who his character was, even if he, you know, he, he wasn't getting a word out of his mouth. And I think that Cesaro for the longest time has had every imaginable tool in the world he he puts on matches that steal the show all the time he has exceptional functional strength he can go out there and do things that nobody can do and it's just i i, I know i'm kind of like you know taken over on this but it's so unbelievably frustrating that he is stuck with this promotion for so long and hung in there and been all over the place for them and it's just this is his spot on the card so we'll jump ship to the main event um I yeah, well, we're assuming I, it's the main event. Yeah. I I'm I'm assuming it's the main event. Uh, Natalia versus Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler, Oscar, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. I mean, this is pretty cut and dry in my books. Shayna Baszler's gonna win, but how she wins? Now that's the question. And I posed that earlier that Becky Lynch comes out and helps her win just because Becky Lynch is obsessed. Okay, I I, I like that idea when you mentioned that. that actually, I I didn't even think of that angle. I think. This is going to be one of those matches where, more so than the men's tag team elimination chamber, we're going to get the most storyline out of. I, I know we were talking off air about the, like the whole Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, um, and uh, Ruby Riot thing, but I think this is going to be a good showcase to kind of blow over that that whole storyline when, when whatever's going on with them. Um, who do you think you see starting, and who do you think you see going the farthest? Because in my mind, it's Natalia. And then Shayna beats her. Um, honestly, what I see happening is like like I said earlier with Becky Lynch. Um, but the only way that happens is if Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, and um, Sarah Logan, yeah, Sarah Logan, and Liv Morgan, <laughs> um, all get back together as the Riot Squad and jump Shayna Baszler because she seems like you know the dangerous person in the match, and so. Becky Lynch is like, well, she's about to be beaten, but I want to beat her. That, that, that's just what I'm going with. You know, it's interesting to see the whole Riot Squad here, too, in this match, which, uh, you know, I was looking over and I hadn't even really thought about. So that leaves, like, Natalia and Asuka as, like, you know, sort of the odd ones out. I think uh, I think Natalia is probably going to go down pretty quickly in this one. I don't care. This match does nothing for me. Shayna Baszler wins. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I, we've talked about it weeks ago when I, I kind of predicted, or we both predicted that it's going to be Shayna Baszler kind of as a showcase for her, for the overall raw crowd to be like, "Hey, this is who you. This is the next person. This is the next big thing." It's like 
Ronda Rousey, but even better trained in a wrestling ring? If I was there live and this was the main event, I would walk out. I, I really, I, I, I'm not mad. I'm not angry. This, please don't take this as me like furious with WWE. Mm-hmm. This match does nothing for me because we all, regardless of if Shayna Baszler wins or not, it's setting up for Becky. I mean, we we know what she's doing at WrestleMania, so it it doesn't matter. There's no what if or, the, or what if this happens. It it, it it's. It's clear cut that yes, Shayna's winning. Cut. It's going to be Becky right. Lynch and Shayna at WrestleMania. Why I don't care. And if I was there live, I'd be like, okay, I'm not saying the match would be bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I know the outcome. Yeah, I think uh, the only possible storyline, sorry to cut you off, Nick, know. is um, that uh, there's been rumors of the tag team match for WrestleMania, the women's tag team match being Asuka and Kari Sane versus um, Natalia and Beth Phoenix. Uh, obviously, Beth is not probably going to be on WWE TV for a little bit, uh, at least on Raw, just until. You know, Edge shows up. That whole storyline starts kicking off a little more. But um, I think we do. I guess we see something with Natalia and, and Asuka tomorrow night. Maybe a match. Like Kari Sane, like comes in on Monday calls, night. No, I mean tomorrow night. Oh, uh, uh, like Kari Sane somehow sneaks her way into the eh. elimination chamber. I, I, I oh, and that's how Becky would I'm, get in. Whatever she does to get into the chamber <laughs> match. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shenanigans. I, it, I agree with Mark. I'd rather just be the first match on the card. Because then it gets everyone hype, and then you can get through what you got to get through. But and when's the last I, time they ended on a tag match, like a pay per view? It's been a long time. I'm sure they have, right? They I, I definitely. Can't, have. I can't think of one where it's a tag match. I mean, maybe the Undertaker uh, match with uh, Roman Reigns. Um, that was definitely wasn't that the main event? No, you know what it was. What you're thinking? Huh. It it was it was the same. It was Extreme Rules in Philly, yeah. but it was Baron Corbin and oh God, Lacey Evans yeah. versus There's your tag match. Seth and Becky. Well, hey, that ended cool. Well, you know, Baron Corbin hit the end of days on Becky and said what, to Seth, what are you going to do about it, you big piece of shit? Because <laughs> <laughs> audibly in my household, I freaked out. I was like, oh, my God, did he say that on TV? AEW's right there. <laughs> I mean, you guys are talking about like tag team main events, and like uh, I'm just getting really nostalgic for Teddy Long all of a sudden. He's a tag team, brother. <laughs> You're in a tag team match tonight against the Undertaker. <laughs> uh, well, it it, that, it seems like that's going to be the main event. They've been pushing this out. It seems like it's on the promos and everything. Um, so uh, Stone Cold Lock for Shayna Baszler. Um, this is not going to be a very good pay-per-view. I, I Not to the performers, because I'm sure the performers will do their job, as always. But like from a storyline standpoint... There's no world th- titles. There, there's a sm- This is a small Being bump in the road before WrestleMania. I, and what about McIntyre? He's been he's been in Philadelphia this and, past and, week. And the tickets are like, buy two, get one free, or something buy like that. Three, like, yeah. uh, it's, it's, buy three, pay... Or buy four, you, you pay for two or some yeah, crap. It, I got an email yeah, from Wells Fargo yeah. <laughs> about it. I was like, no, nah, I'm good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Them, them fees are still expensive. Yeah, I think I think we'll all enjoy this in the comfort of our home, hitting the fast forward button. Um, that seems to be it for 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 me. Anything? Anybody got last thoughts they want to add into this for this week in wrestling? Yeah. Uh, so as uh, the entrance pod, you know, entrance ramp podcast uh, member, my name is Carlos. Uh, I am also a member of the Dark Order. I I didn't know if I told you guys this. <laughs> did last week and you tried to make a sign up yeah no uh, no one didn't though no one got the brochure no okay goddamn mormon <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah recently uh, as of three o'clock this morning on uh, march 7th 
AEW released a tweet, and it says, Made from the void of hopelessness and from the time spent away from the shadows, this is what it took for me to arrive, the calling. Hello, are you there, ready and waiting? Dark Order welcomes me. You are here. And if you take every letter from of those sentence, like every sentence that we said, it spells out Matt Hardy. So what are our thoughts about Matt Hardy showing up maybe Wednesday? Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love it. Yeah, I think this is confirmation he's the exalted one, I'm assuming. So <clears throat> I'm going to kind of go a slightly different route on this. And uh, first off, I thought that if Matt Hardy was going to appear, he was going to appear, you know, uh, last week, last Wednesday. And it was good that it it was it was kind of good that he didn't because that, you know, it, it, it kind of allowed that episode to breathe a little bit more than it would have almost had too much going on. Um, they are being so transparent with this at this point. And AEW is so smart that I almost want to think that it's a swerve. Keep thinking that, Remy. <laughs> I, I think he's coming. I think he's coming, and I think he's Dark Order. And uh, there's a thing in this business that I'll say, sometimes you have to give the fans what they want. Does, doesn't Nick Scalper say that every time best friends hug? Oh, yeah. Okay? So let's give the fans what we want Matt Hardy to be part of Dark Order. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm fully in on that, and uh, I, I, I want it to happen, too. I just uh, I don't know when they're going to pull the trigger. I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger. It's uh, between Hardy and whatever verbal agreement he has, you know, between the Bucks and AEW and everything else in all of this, they are doing an incredible job at just getting people to talk about this without, you know, without a, 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 the, the slightest bit of ink, like hitting paper. Are you guys having more comments on this? Because I, I wanted to end the show with, with, with um, a hot topic as well. Um, it's actually kind of wrestling-related, all um, wrestling-related. A tweet came out um, about 12 hours ago. I don't know if I'm saying this guy's name right. His name's Shans Shanaria. He's a reporter for The Athletic and The New York Times. And he said that the NBA has sent a memo to its franchises explaining that due to the coronavirus outbreak, that teams should be preparing to play games without fans in attendance and identifying essential staff present for these games should it be necessary. Now, they also went on to say that it's not going to be imminent that they're going to do this, but we are here in March, March 7th. WrestleMania is a month away where you have people coming from all over the world. Does Vince McMahon dare have a WrestleMania without fans in the stands? I don't think so. I don't think it'll ever happen. But this is a serious issue that, you know, we're in the closing moments of our podcast, so we can't really get too in-depth. But, you know, this is a, a reality that we're facing right now where this is getting bigger and bigger. And at what point do you say, okay, we need to protect uh, ourselves and if you're Vince McMahon, we have to protect your employees. Yeah, I um, just to kind of piggyback on that. At least we've seen some ramifications with that. Uh, the Bella Twins have recently pulled out their WrestleMania access uh, autograph signing. Uh, they are both pregnant, though. That makes sense. Um, I know there's a lot of you know what you think about it, whatever. The media hypes up a lot of the the coronavirus things. I, I at least in my opinion, um, not the opinion of the whole podcast, but. 
uh, I think being safe is not necessarily a wrong thing. I, I think having contingency plans, we um, at least in the gaming world, we recently heard rumors that uh, Los Angeles is in a state of emergency due to the virus. Uh, we have a big, uh, as a video game fan, we have a big expo coming up called E3. Um, there's concerns that that might be canceled. Uh, if that's the case, I mean, we have all these huge companies, Microsoft and all, who usually spend millions of dollars for advertising, pulling out, if that would be the case, or not showing up. What what does the ramifications for that, in that sense, would be? Uh, I, I don't know where the report came from, but I, there was an interview with uh, Stephanie McMahon. They, they said they have some kind of contingency plan, or they're working on some kind of contingency plan. Uh, our our job normally has norm we there was an email sent out yesterday. There's a contingency plan um, uh, that they're working on. I don't trust it just because our job, but uh, <laughs> and uh, things of that nature. But I I I hope that there's some kind of contingency plan. I I don't know what that would be though. They how much money does WWE put out in in the sense for that? Like what we also have. There was rumors that Super Showdown was gonna, they were gonna be stuck there, right? Because of a uh, quarantine in Saudi Arabia. And I mean, obviously that didn't happen, but what are, what would a contingency plan be? Like, is it still gonna be in this open air arena in Tampa Bay with no fans? What does that look like? What does that sound like? What, not just do full sale, right? A closed full sale, not necessarily like an open full sale, because I don't want that crowd there. No offense to the good fans there, not the fans that are just being marks to be marks. I'm going to go ahead and say that, like, well, this is Vince McMahon we're talking about here. And, uh, you know, these are these are in different leagues. Don't get me wrong, but you're looking at somebody who went ahead and chose to do business with Saudi Arabia knowing full well that, you know, the diplomat like Jamal Khashoggi had been murdered there. Like, and it was, this was a state-ordered execution of a diplomat. And his call against the urges of nearly everybody. I mean, you had people in, in modern American politics, I think it's very hard to find this kind of unity. Where you had people on the left and right that are like, dude, don't do business with these guys. Right. Like, don't do this. And Vince McMahon also continued the show when Owen Hart died. So, like, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that the show won't go on. I'm just saying at what point did, does WWE take a stand? Yeah. I mean, and that is, that is his mantra, too. Like, I think probably above all else is the show must go on. Yeah. There's no way he stops people from coming to WrestleMania. He'll probably cut down on, like, the signings and everything like that. Like, hey. Yeah. Maybe we won't sign as many, you know, sign- uh, autographs as we we should this year, but but we're just being cautious. I mean, that whole weekend, because of WrestleMania, now all the companies come in. We have like GCW, we have all these other like independent promotions that do Wrestle. Was it WrestleCade? Is that what's called the big like uh, showcase and signings and things like everyone's, that? Everyone's everyone's gonna lose money on all this, and the, I mean, the only people that aren't losing money right now is the people who invested in hand sanitizer and people who invested in the face masks. Damn! Why did I not invest? <laughs> no, I, 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 like I said, being overtly cautious or being even moderately cautious is fine for this. Uh, what, what's going on in the world? I just don't trust that WWE will do something that is not respectfully, like, I, as a joke, but also in my head, I, I could totally see Vince McMahon in a hazmat suit, and while Riddick, you know, uh, Ricochet is in shorts and no shirt, be like, hey man, uh. 
yeah, yeah, go kill it out there. Have fun. He's like, uh, is that wrong? No, 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 that's wrong. I'm going to leave in my private jet, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's all I have to say about that. Well, then I guess on that note, we thank you all for listening. Uh, for Carlos, Nick, and Remy, I am Mark, and we will see you next time on The Entrance Ramp. Goodbye, everybody. Adios. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Entrance Ramp Podcast. Please like us on Facebook at the Entrance Ramp Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Entrance Ramp Pod. And subscribe to us on YouTube by searching for the Entrance Ramp Podcast. We'll see you next time.